the turkey's in the oven, the mac and cheese is cooling on the side, and the rolls are ready to get buttered, folks. If you're thankful for this season or not, it's time to do the dishes. This is the push-off. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite <laughs> weekly NFL show. It discusses everything that happened last week, and it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan. Apparently, I'm on dish duty, right? <laughs> That's right, Dan. Clean your dishes. No, I'm just excited for the Thanksgiving season, and that was off the cuff. But the coming feast. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, it's time for the Thanksgiving season, which. Uh, is heavy NFL centric. If you're anything like uh, um, myself and Dan, we're just going to be parked in front of the TV uh, with some delicious food, and we're going to enjoy some football, whether that be good football or not. Oh, man, I hope <laughs> there's at least one good game, and I hope it's at the three thirty hour. There you go. So we're going to hit all those and get to talk about all of them. Um, I'm all cheers today, uh, as you can hear in my voice, mm-hmm. and Dan's going to muddle through. I hope. I'm going to power through. I mean, listen, we didn't lose the division. We've still got a three-game lead over the Eagles, but things are getting tighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys are in good seats uh, in the long scheme of things, and I, I wouldn't. I don't really want to look at the big picture right now. I'm like my blinders. Uh, but let's jump into it. We had a big week. Um, players getting cut. Uh, coaches getting let go. Perhaps more on the horizon as there's rumors. And also, Hard Knocks began. Yeah. We got our first episode of Hard Knocks, the Indianapolis Colts, mid-season Hard Knocks, if you uh, have an HBO ability to watch that and enjoy it. So we took a look at this. Uh, the thought, I think what we were uh, thinking was they were starting this Hard Knocks at the beginning of the season so as not to show you like leading into... Uh, or at least the week before games, maybe showing something on a screen, yeah. a play or something. They are. They skipped over the whole first half of the Colts <laughs> season in a montage at the top of the show, and then here we are. Uh, they showed the game against the Jags. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a good game. They did well against the Jags. Um, I learned that Carson Wentz, when you look at him for long enough, you go, oh, yeah, Carson Wentz is really ugly. Like, I, I'm not a, listen, I'm not a fucking model, but like Carson Wentz doesn't look right like a human. He doesn't look like a human man. He looks like some sort of bird hybrid person. I don't know where he's from, but what, uh, North Dakota State, he was a seven or an eight, you know? And then, and then starting quarterback, a nine, I, so he's got to be doing fine I for I think himself. he was probably still a six <laughs> in North Dakota, and that's pretty damning. But in fairness, okay. that's a Philadelphia 10, so... Philly. <laughs> and in um, fairness, uh, Todd, you're a Philadelphia 10. It's a lot about the relationship between him and uh, 
and Coach Reich, um, which was nice, and that 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 connects you with these guys on a level here. And as far as Hard Knocks hopes that they they do, it, it, it's amazing because it's it's a quite a business that something like that where it was like, oh, our wife, you know, my wife loves him, and everybody else is a big fan in the family and everything, and following him since he was a kid or kind of thing. And this is yeah, this is what they uh, they and they end up back together here in a on a second uh, franchise. I, I mean, we we talked about it when the Carson Wentz situation came up that he was probably going to be on the move from Philadelphia. We talked about well, his best destination is Frank Reich, his offensive coordinator yeah. that basically got him in the MVP conversation before that knee injury the year they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Frank Reich's a hell of a head coach. He's got a great program there in Indianapolis, which suddenly is six and five. And I don't think uh, Scott. I, I think they're going to fucking they're going to lose that first round draft pick. I just got a sneaking suspicion now after the last <laughs> yeah. couple of weeks. Um, you know, three straight wins will, and you're right in the throes of the wild card, but watching Hard Knocks was interesting. Two things. Jonathan Taylor, who we loved. We've talked about this a lot. When we scouted him, we loved Jonathan Taylor. He was both of our top-ranked running back. Didn't wind up being the number 1 running back going, but he was our top-ranked guy. Jonathan Taylor was a beast in this episode of Hard Knocks, and then proceeded to go, oh, right, that shit ain't fake, and do it again this week. So I fucking loved that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, everybody's pregnant in Indianapolis. Apparently there's nothing else to do in Indiana, but fuck. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, – I can't wait for this week because against Buffalo, that's going to be a fun one to watch, especially for the Colts. Uh, big old win on the road. Um, and we'll get to that, and we'll talk to that game more in depth. But you're right, yeah. Then the other thing I had on this one was all of the babies. Everybody in Indy either just about to have a kid or uh, going to or figuring out the sex of their next child. Um, it rang a little close to me. As we all know, I'm about to have my first. We've talked about Dan's, you know, he's three ahead of well, me in this. In this, you, this is actually the first time on the podcast you've even talked about that. That's true. This is the first time on the podcast I brought it up, but let's be honest. Anybody who's listening <laughs> to the true. podcast probably knows at least by now, but surprise if you have. Surprise but, everybody. Yeah, Scott's yeah, so going to have first... a, uh, can I, do you gender? Yeah, it's a boy. Yeah, Scott's having a boy. There's a little baby boy so, Hogan on the way. That's right. So he'll be here next, uh, next, early next, uh, winter here coming up in like February, probably a few months. I knew you and, were having a boy. Uh, I didn't need to be reminded of the gender. I, I knew. I just didn't want to, you know, some people right. were that way. You know? No, right. I'm just, all I wasn't doing is making the connection to this, watching the hard knocks and being like, oh, look at these guys kind of going through the same thing I am kind of feeling. Um, all of that stuff, yeah, hits a little bit harder when you, and you're, and you're heading into it, I think, is what I'm finding out. It's uh, Speaking <laughs> of hitting harder, yeah. Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay on this one, too. Oh, he said, I wrote caricature. I, I think I texted you while it was happening. Uh, Jim Irsay <laughs> is a pill popper. And it has never been clearer to me that Jim Irsay is basically just a beanbag full of pills than watching this episode <laughs> of Hard Knocks being like, dude, get the fuck out of there. Like, go get some help, Jim Irsay. Like, it's always funny. It was funny when he was heavier and, like, lively, but now he just looks like a fucking opioid addict. Like, Jim Irsay's got to get some help. I'm half joking, half making fun of Jim Irsay, and half being like, I'm legit serious. I know the dude's fucking rich, but he's got to get a handle on this. He looks fucking terrible. He looks like a foot from the grave. He's like 10 or 15 years younger than Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones still looks like he could do a fucking (laughs) backflip. I want to see... Jerry Jones can do a backflip. You're picturing him like he's the guy from the... um, 
Six Flags commercials or something. <laughs> I, the Jerry Jones yeah. there just dancing. The Vanga Bus is coming. I don't know if I reminded y'all that the Vanga Bus is coming. Uh, but the Vanga Bus is going to pick us up. And the Vanga Bus uh, is called the Vanga Bus because that's the strip <laughs> joint that it comes from. And uh, it's full of girls. Uh, the Vanga Bus is coming. And soon the Vanga Bus won't be the only thing coming. Can I get you? <laughs> Jerry Jones and Jim Mersey, like, slap fighting out in the parking lot, just trying to get at each other. Bring it now. I, I'd take Jerry <laughs> My in team, your team, noon on Sunday. I'd take, the, I'd take um, Jerry over let, Jim. Let, let's move on. Uh, hey, you, you brought it up to me when it happened. Cortland Sutton gets himself an extension, four-year contract, mm-hmm. $60.8 million to stick in Denver. That's great. I mean, we loved Cortland coming out. Um, old SMU Mustang, if everybody remembers. Yeah. Um, I believe he was our top-ranked wide receiver that year and, and fell a little bit. Big body, a guy that struggled with the injury through most of his career and really inconsistent quarterback play. But whatever happens at the quarterback position there in Denver, they're going to be very happy they've got Cortland Sutton. And Jerry Judy healthy again, too. Um, it, things are looking up there in Denver. Maybe not this year, but things are looking up long term if they can get that quarterback situation under control. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. See that happening now. Since we called the Colts move, we might as well call that one. The uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it because Cortland Sutton has a year over Jerry Judy, but I think Cortland Sutton's the number one wide receiver there, and I'm excited to see if Jerry Judy is able to take that or not. He was the mm-hmm. first round pick. Sutton though was like a second or third, so he wasn't too far down there. So yeah, we'll see. I thought Cortland was um, a first there was some pick. releasement. Okay, he was a he was a what? I think he was a first rounder. Sutton was, I believe so. Oh, I thought he was later. I could have swore, like you said, he fell. I thought he was second at least, or at the earliest second. You're pulling that up. I will I'm tell you up. about running backs that were round released. two pick Adrian forty. You're Peterson. Right. What's up? Round two pick forty. You're right. I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Adrian Peterson was released by the Titans. And um, Texans released Philip Lindsay. So we got a couple of running backs hitting the free agency market. One a lot younger than the other. But uh, see if they land anywhere. If anybody needs a running back here in the playoffs, it's still a long drive, a couple more months of this season. And and also, honestly, good for those two running backs. Philip Lindsay was dying in a, a sort of backfield by committee there in Houston, wasn't getting any carries. And you know, for AP, it's like, hey, if you're not going to feature AP, uh, AP don't do so great on the bench. Uh, he's, right. You know, still he's still wound up like that. He doesn't have the skills, but he needs to be somebody's, like, primary guy. He can still be productive. He's just not what he once was. So it, it's going to be great. He wears you down. Yeah, he wears you down. He's yeah. a guy that you got you to gotta fucking give him the carries. Um, famine, 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 feast. <laughs> Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and then, you know, as he's gotten older, there's just about four more famines in there before the feast. Yeah, I um, just was losing breath. Yeah, But he does. I mean, that's that's what Adrian Peterson does. And we are still fucking seven weeks away from being done with this fucking thing. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to go down. Having, yeah. having legs there in free agency isn't going to hurt Philip Lindsay. And maybe it'll give him a chance to, to really, you know, showcase his skills once again because... Uh, yeah, he was something in Denver. I thought he could be something, but maybe he can get it back. We thankfully have seven plus weeks. Oh, I'm Th- thank you, football guys. I'm excited. Yeah. I love it. Let it last. Um, hey, G- New York Giants, I have good news and bad news. <laughs> the good news is that you have fired your offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. The bad news is it's Freddie Kitchens that now takes over. But uh, Dan, you know, uh, 
Jason Garrett well and call an offensive play. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about this Giants move. So there comes a point where you have to look at <laughs> you have to look at yourself in the mirror, Joe Judge. And then after you've looked at yourself in the mirror, you have to blame someone else. And Jason Garrett is the guy you can blame. He's had two years with a young quarterback, and he has not improved Daniel Jones. Now, maybe that's because Daniel Jones is shit. Or maybe it's because Jason Garrett is a guy who lucked into having Tony fucking Romo as his quarterback for the vast majority. Because people forget, he was the offensive coordinator in Miami before he was the offensive coordinator in Dallas. And in Miami, he had nobody. And then he comes to Dallas, and people are like, wow, what a brilliant offensive coordinator. He's got Tony Romo. And then he's got Dak Prescott, who is fucking great, too. So how much of that is really Jason Garrett? Because Dak Prescott was great year one. So you can't say, oh, I had him in my system for a long time, and I groomed him. You didn't groom Dak Prescott. If anything, Dak has been laterally as competent as he was in his rookie year. So I don't know where Jason Garrett gets this reputation of being an offensive genius. Um And the nice thing is he's not going to get that reputation anymore because he really stunk the shit up in New York there. Um, I also don't know where they go offensively from here. Um, Freddie Kitchens is just basically auditioning for a job. What I think is going to be interesting is what happens with bad teams at the end of the season. They just start throwing a bunch of weird-ass gadget plays in there. Um, So look for more gadgets there in New York coming up. Right. Um, Yeah, Jason Garrett, here's the one thing. Never had everybody healthy on this Giants team that seems to have a lot of people like there was a point Monday night game here where I was like oh who caught that pass oh Slayton's back how long has he been back where is he you know there's been injuries and people off and on this field the whole time but it is still Jason Garrett and I think you got a good idea of what you were looking at there were some plays are like okay that doesn't make a lot of health sense um so Saquon healthy or Saquon not healthy uh he could have only saved his job for a bit longer, I think. Um, and then finally, Dan, the only other thing is this is not a firing yet, but I have a feeling we're going to get it on Friday and then it'll be late news by next week. Do How how serious do we talk about Matt Nagy and being relieved from Chicago Bears head coach right now as we record this on a Tuesday night where the rumor came out that he's probably done after Thanksgiving? Um, there's no reason why he shouldn't. Uh, the Chicago Bears are currently 3-7, and seven, riding a five-game losing streak. Mm. You can't be in your make-it-or-break-it year as a head coach and put together a five-game losing streak in the middle of the season. You just can't fucking do it. They're 3-7. and seven, They're effectively out of this thing. Uh, they're, I mean... The Lions aren't technically eliminated from the playoffs. The Lions might pull this motherfucker out. We'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit later. Um, but I th- I think at this point, it's it's the way it goes with all Bears head coaches. Eventually, the city just calls for their head. And yeah. the city has been calling for Nagy's head for about a month now. And now they're calling for it. Everywhere. I think you sent me a video of them chanting fire Matt Nagy during a Bulls game. During a Bulls game, and then today came out, it was like his son's high school football game. Like Oof. they were chanting it. Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, now it's gotten too far, and if this is how it has to, to end, then so be it. But, you know, fans have a say in this thing. You know, you can't just do it. Uh, it's, I guess it's uh, famously known that the Bears have never fired a head coach in the middle of the season. 
let alone, let's say if they really did want to after this loss that again, we'll, we'll get to, I keep jumping ahead to, you know, after this weekend, it is the quickest turnaround you can possibly have in the NFL, right? To play 1130 Central Standard Time on Thanksgiving yeah. after you just, unless they, they were playing Monday night, yeah. which the NFL probably wouldn't have done that to them. But uh, yeah, the quickest about turnaround you can have. So they couldn't really get rid of him this week. So he could be, he yeah, very easily could be dead man walking, if not this week when. But then you have that weird way of like the Bears show up and beat this hapless Lions team and then he's kicked out the door. Never looks good either, but. Well, I mean, the reason why no Bears are. head coach has ever been fired in the middle of the season is because Virginia McCaskey is cheap as shit. <laughs> And she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to pay somebody for not working, even if the person working isn't working out. And that's the short sightedness of the Chicago Bears. Is they're like, well, we don't want to make any changes because we already committed all this fucking money. It's like, right. there's the sunk cost fallacy with a guy like Matt Nagy. You've got to get him out because you have a guy like Justin Fields who's getting hurt, who's getting fucking shellacked. There's been over thirty sacks on Justin Fields already. Like the guy is getting beat up. You're gonna David Carr this kid. And there's talent there. You can see it every week. You can see there's talent. It's just not being cultivated. Um, Matt Nagy is so preoccupied with making the system work that he's not able to make the offense work. And and that's fucking useless. So I I say he's got to go. So uh, we'll revisit it either way, whether he keeps his job or no, because we we touched it on it this week. We have to. Um, but enough of that. Let's get into the games. Let's talk about them because we'll we'll be touching on that Bears game and uh, all of the games coming up on Thanksgiving. Let's go. Uh, so game of the week time, and uh, for me, Dan. Yes, you know where I'm going. Because maybe this is the top of the hill for the Vikings in the 2021. I'm I'm not saying that it is. I'm not even saying I'm expecting it. But I'm saying I'm going to enjoy the view while I'm up here. 34-31, they beat the Green Bay <laughs> Packers. Uh, yeah, it was a home win, but it was a win against the hated rivals. Now, normally, um, across, yes, normally yeah. this would be a little homerish. But in reality, sure. In reality, this yeah. is probably the game of the week. The only one that really gave it uh, a stretch was, uh, you know, Steelers Chargers. Um, I would agree with you. Yes, and Sunday night Steelers Chargers was very good too. So it was between those two, and I was like, I'm picking the game, so it might as well be and, this. One. And I always, I always give the tie to the last second field goal. So, sir, I, even though we we do some homerish shit, I think this is a legitimate game of the week choice. So well done, sir. Uh, if you liked offense, this one had it for you. <laughs> yeah, it um, in fact, both of those did, but this one certainly did, especially at the end. Uh, whoever had the ball last was going to win. It became v- very clear, and that's why the Vikings kneeled on it You know, two times before kicking a 29-yard 29, 29, yeah, field goal to walk it off. So, who boy. Um, I'm ready. I am, I'm ready now each week for up and down you yeah give me a 13 point lead and let it dash away in in a quarter uh so <laughs> it doesn't it. It, it doesn't yeah it like doesn't even phase me anymore it's like let's go then um here's what i love about this one though uh, other than the win we got a uh, best receiver in the nfl yet again let's <laughs> Top top five, top, top five, three maybe. Top five. Eh, yeah. Top I mean, three, let's slow down, but top five. It's tough because, yeah, we've had some injuries and stuff of some star, star players this year too that I haven't been able to watch. But, oh boy, I mean, nobody's he's playing one of the best right now Oh yeah, in the league. So um, loving that, can't be guarded, uh, good luck kind of thing. And then um, from there, uh, 
Kirk Cousins is playing very good. Now, did he have like two to three interceptions uh, called back here for this one? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So he's getting some <laughs> lucky here. But he's also, uh, you know, he's throwing it deep. He's getting very accurate. He's one of the most accurate deep passers in the league still. And so finally, thankfully, he's 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 checking it down there, and, and they're finding some success. And that's what I loved about this one. I mean, we've said this before. It is better to be lucky than good. And Kirk was lucky yeah. in this game. But Kirk was also mm-hmm. very good. So there's a few things about this game that I find interesting. Uh, number one, Aaron Rodgers was playing on a hurt toe. Yeah, he didn't, didn't practice all week, and then he didn't seem to touchdown. affect him all that much. So um, I thought early it did. I thought there was points where it was like the rush came in and he wasn't gonna run out of the pocket like he always does. But then he did later, like right before the half, he does and throws a touchdown. I'm like, well, fooled me. He yeah. can still do that. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers made a crucial, crucial fucking mistake in this game. And that was throwing a 75-yard touchdown pass <laughs> with only nine seconds taken off the clock. Because we've talked about right. this before. What's the worst thing you can do to your defense? Give them no breaks. Give them oh, no yeah. breaks. So Minnesota had just finished a 14-play drive. Five minutes but 14 plays, That's those are body blows, man. And then he comes out and he just fucking dimes a 75-yarder. I know you want the touchdown. I know it. But at the same time, if you're going to do that, if you're going to leave that much time left on the clock, go for two. <laughs> you know, yep. Go for two. Make this a game Make this a game that, you know, put pressure on the Vikings. Because when the Vikings are tied, they're going to kick those field goals. The Vikings are down by one, they're going to miss those field goals. So, oh, God, yeah. I mean, you know this. This is not Isn't telling tales true? out of school. So when that happened, when they tied it up 31-31, all I could think was, oh, this is over. Captain Kirk, baby. And basically the last eight minutes of this game, the Vikings were on the field for seven minutes seven minutes and 50 seconds, and the Packers were on the field for 10 seconds. Yeah. So yeah. that's a, a that's pretty good way to guarantee flip. you're dead. Yep. And that's a flip of what's happened a lot of times with these Vikings in other games is, you know, not having the ball at the end or, or not having enough time. They didn't take up enough time and gave it to the other team. That happened all the time. So – you're right. When I saw us take that lead, go for two, feeling good, touchdown lead, and it was like, but there's plenty of time here. But worst case scenario, it's more overtime. So I'll get ready for that. I honestly, like, I think I took a trip to the restroom, and when I came back, they're kicking an extra point. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> but in in essence, you know, you kind of hope for something like that. Like, yeah, don't let me sit there and get my hopes up and then watch that happen. But, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still boogeyman. The guy can do that at any time. Here's the other thing with the Packers. Yeah, we win, and I'm feeling great about it, but no Bakhtiari, their their tackle. They lost Elton Jenkins, who was a backup tackle late in that one. Uh, No Aaron Jones, who kills us every Mm -hmm. time. Uh, And I think A.J. Dillon is good, and he was, look at this, 11 carries, 53 yards. He averaged almost five yards a carry, but they don't trust him like they do Aaron Jones, so they don't give him the ball like they do Aaron Jones. So they never really did that. So it was Aaron Rodgers and forcing it to Devontae Adams, who had a great game too. Devontae Adams always does against us. And that that bothered the heck out of me too because – I'm fine with uh, Valdez Scantling going going for 75 because you doubled Devontae Adams. Do it all day if that's what it has to take kind of thing. 
okay, yeah, he's going to beat somebody on man once in a while, but I don't even think that's what happened. Two touchdowns to Devontae Adams that were basically wide open. Yeah. And you're like, I don't get this. I don't get why he's not well, the first, bracketed. I think the first one was on route running, that he just absolutely shook the DB. And it's like – Yeah, it looked like stay with all him. the defensive line thought it was going to be a screen. They all ran to the side, and Rodgers is like, I'll just hold it and throw it in the back of the end zone. Ugh. So the Vikings defense still had a big old holes and a lot of problems here. They looked good early. We had Richardson playing on the end, which was kind of fun, but there was still at the yeah, when the Packers needed to score, they scored. That's what happened in the second half. See uh, but a win. It, it, it's almost funny hearing you talk about it at the end, you're like, you know the Vikings won this game, right? You know? Right. They did pull it yeah, out. They it, won. And like I said, better to be lucky than good. You guys might have Gotten some advantages for some struggles on the offensive line for the Packers, but you didn't blow it. You're five and five. You're right in the middle of this thing in the NFC. That's right. Yeah, and that did. Yeah, that this helped us out tremendously in it. Uh, did it get hopes back into my brain? Yes, unfortunately. So we'll see where we go from here. Um, the Packers losing this one. Uh, isn't that big because a lot of people in the NFC lost this week. Uh, the mm. Cardinals didn't, so they got to jump up a game on them for as far as like number one seed there and there in the NFC. But uh, the big game for the Packers is probably even bigger coming next week. They got the LA Rams coming off the bye, going to Lambeau to play Green Bay. Rodgers says his foot got stepped on. It might even be worse off than however it was coming into the game in Minnesota. Uh, sounds like, st- you know, but do we trust anything he says anymore? No. He he told me his <laughs> toe was vaccinated, so I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> so, uh, but we're on to talk about our first game for week 11, the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Rams at Packers. Huge NFC North, or excuse me, just NFC uh, playoff comp- uh, competition here. It is, it is a must-win game for the L.A. Rams. Must win. It feels like the division has slipped out of their grasp, and if they lose this game, it feels like the wild card might be slipping out of their grasp too, because that would put them at three straight losses. We've talked about this: three straight losses and no wins in a month. That affects the locker room, especially of a veteran-heavy team. It'll get tight in there. With Aaron Rodgers not being a hundred percent, with Aaron Rodgers' toe not being a hundred percent. I'm going to pick the Rams. I'm going to pick the Rams coming into Lambeau and beating the Green Bay Packers, but I don't feel great about it. But I feel like no. a rested Los Angeles defense, um, which has they're now fully loaded, Von Miller's back, Aaron Donald's back, Jalen Ramsey is ready to go. There's there's levels at which they can attack this Green Bay Packers team. They better be ready to go, and they better win this thing. Or ah, it's, a, it's a slow road to mediocrity for the Rams, if not. Yeah, no, this is God, this is going to be a very good, fun game to watch. Uh, the Rams went out there, and they bought out a team with a lot of talent there, but they are asking for it in the short bye week to become a team together and, yeah, and, and really figure out, you know, what solidify what they can be here as far as uh, the race for winning the NFC, and that's what they – went out and got Von Miller and Odell Beckham for is to win the conference. So you got to beat the Packers and you got to beat the Packers probably in Lambeau because if you don't beat them here in Lambeau, then you're playing them in Lambeau when it's much colder in a couple of months. <laughs> Very true. So 
yeah, this is the big one, but uh, am I lucky enough for the Packers to lose two in a row? Heck no. So I guess I got to pick opposite you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be well-focused. It'll be a tight one, sure, but uh, like you said, the Rams are faltering, and, and this is the worst place to try to get your footing is Lambeau Field. So I got the Packers winning this one and uh, getting a little stronger in the NFC. Fair enough. I, I know Stafford can throw in Lambeau. That's what I know. That's true, but he can't win. No, that's uh, true. Let's, <laughs> that's not his fault. Let's talk about the other great game this week. You, Dan, you hinted at it, and it was a tough choice. Not really. Steelers, Chargers. Chargers beat the Steelers 41-37 to at home. Uh, Roethlisberger threw for three touchdowns. They desperately tried to come back for this one uh, with a block punt late. The tipped interception. Um, every way the Chargers could kind of get the Steelers back into this one, it, it happened. But uh, back and forth, all the way to the end, it was a, it was a blast to watch. The Steelers scored twenty seven points in the fourth quarter. The Steelers <laughs> had a game's worth of points in the fourth quarter. I was looking at this Chargers team, going, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like that's all I could think. The, this was. This felt like they were just trying to choke the fucking game away. That's the that's all how this felt. It just felt like they were choking the fucking game away. And they got so fucking lucky because, it, once again, leaving too much time on the clock. They left way too much time on the clock. They left over two minutes for Ben Roethlisberger to come back four points down, and the defense finally tuned it the fuck up. Finally tuned mm-hmm. it the fuck up in the fourth corner uh, and, and got that thing. Joey Bosa had a huge sack at the end of this game because this this game really was all chargers for the first three quarters it really was like the Steelers had scored 10 points up into that point chargers were moving it offensively getting pressure defensively didn't seem like Ben could get anything going and then all of a sudden fourth quarter they seem exhausted and the Steelers seem like a, a second team had come out of the locker room for the start of the fourth quarter um this yeah Steelers are still a valuable team like Stringing yeah. stuff around, the blocked punt and the tipped turnover on downs, things like that. Yeah, Chargers turned it over on downs at their own 34-yard line. Like, what are? You, why are you trying to give this one up? So it was that was a little weird too. It didn't. I didn't agree with a lot of the stuff Chargers were doing late, mostly because it wasn't working. I think they kind of felt like, shoot, we got to end these guys now, kind of feeling. But um, it's still a, a pretty good coach Steelers team, if not for having holes in it. I think I feel like that's what I'm seeing with with Pittsburgh. So the last drive, uh, there was I thought a shot, but yeah, you're right. The back to back sacks ending it. That was that was what we we're like. Okay, well, Steelers aren't coming back from that. Yeah. Um, Mike Williams for 53 down the sidelines. That could have changed things too if that didn't happen. So. It was a tight one. It could. I'm surprised the Steelers were in it as much as they were. I think the Chargers are still in a little bit of trouble, especially because that division's flipping on its head with the uh, Chiefs getting red hot now. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel so good for the Chargers. Um, at six and four, they desperately needed this. You know, <laughs> just because you get to come up for air doesn't mean you're not still in the middle of the ocean. Oh, oh, deep, deep things from Dan here today. That was good. I liked that one. 
And it, yeah. it feels like that's what's happening to the Chargers. They got a breath of air here, but they've got to get to dry land. They've got to get this figured out. You can't have fourth quarters like this against a veteran quarterback who's kind of lacking in the arm strength area because you got a veteran quarterback in Pat Mahomes that is not lacking for the arm strength or the weapons. So they've got right. to tighten this up defensively. They have the pass rush. It just was really inconsistent this whole game. So they got to come with a better defensive game plan. Um the next couple weeks or they're going to be in trouble so they've got their first of two still left against the broncos this week they're going to denver for this one though uh this sunday it's a three o'clock kickoff chargers at broncos do they do they keep this going can they string together two wins in a row here against a denver team that's kind of limping along coming off a bye that's the big one is vic fangio has had two weeks to look at this chargers offense and Mm. I'm actually going to pick an upset here. I'm going to go with Denver beating the Chargers at home. Um, I, I yep. think if you go to Denver and Denver's had two weeks to prepare for you, especially after a, a tough loss where you kind of got exposed in the fourth or a tough win where you kind of got exposed in the fourth quarter, uh, I think Fangio is going to be licking his chops. I, I think this could be a Denver Broncos win. Gotcha. You're right. It, it could be. It's a divisional game too, so you got to assume that Denver's – set up to play the Chargers, you know, that getting all those cornerbacks and stuff. Vic was looking at this Chargers team. He wants to slow them down in the Chiefs team. Um, but I'm going to go Chargers. I'm going to go opposite you again here, first two already, go. Uh, because somebody that we didn't, I, I kind of skipped over from this last game, uh, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's yeah. four-touchdown day. Uh, I, I think he's red hot right now, and he's going to do well against that Denver defense that's uh, got more holes since Von Miller got shipped off to LA. So I'm going to go, yeah, chargers on that one, but you're right. It's, it could be a good one too. we got a couple of nice, yeah, a couple of nice ones here this week. Let's continue on. Let's stay in the AFC and talk about this one. Wasn't a close one, but it means a lot in the grand scheme of things. The Bengals winning in Vegas, yeah, 32 to 13. They owned it. It was 10, six Bengals at the half as tight. Then into the fourth, 13 to six, but it was, uh, Bengals by the end there they were putting away 29 to 13 four minutes left when uh, they got their last touchdown for the, or when the Raiders got that last touchdown so it wasn't even that much oh no that was Mixon's sorry Mixon's touchdown put it away yeah this uh, this is exactly what Cincinnati needed to do coming out of the bye this this had to happen um, the Raiders are in free fall that's that's what we're seeing. No kidding. Now, luckily, the Raiders and the Cowboys are playing this week, so I'll take a free-falling <laughs> Raiders team. Uh, now, I would hate to see them right the ship against the Cowboys, but Cincinnati looked good. They looked good in all facets. Um, it was a very evenly matched first half, so it was a well-called game on both sides, but the talent, and this is the first time I've said this in years, the talent of the Cincinnati Bengals really showed up in the second half. Um, and you started to see the disparity that Vegas still not fully loaded, not not fully recovered from all the hubbub and hullabaloo they've been dealing with for the past month or two. Yeah, the, you're right. I, I The Raiders were not out of this one early, but they played from behind most of the time. It was all field goals early, so the Raiders were up 6-3 to three at that point, but then they yeah were basically playing behind the Bengals' touchdown that they had. So there were, the Raiders are in this precarious situation where all of a sudden this division's getting tougher and the Chiefs woke back up and yeah they're the ones that I don't feel like will recover from this one finally I'm you know I got out of the Raiders from burning me on all these picks and I picked the Bengals here and now I'm like yeah 
yeah, now they, they don't sit well at all. And, and I think you see Derek Carr in his press conference after this one be like, I just want to, I want to be here when like, I, I'm going to misquote this horribly, but it's like, I want to be here when this gets fun again or something like I want this to turn around. I want to be the one to turn this around so badly or something, but poor bastard who, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he's on solid ground right now. Um, but the Bengals with their win, they trying to make themselves relevant once more. Yeah. This is not an easy division they're in either. Those are two of the toughest, both these teams. So they got to keep winning. Big road win. Now they go home and they get the Steelers. This one might be my coin flip of the week right now, uh, honestly, in picking. Um, I'm going to go. So here's the thing about this one is the Steelers, I don't think the Steelers team that even showed up at the end of the Chargers one would be in it. But what I'm hearing is Micah Fitzpatrick might be back. TJ Watt might yeah. be back. All of these other players that they were missing against the Chargers might be. And, and then it's so early picking this game here on a Tuesday night to know. So if they're all back, then I think the Steelers could win this one because, you know, Big Ben, Ohio, all that stuff. But because I don't know if they'll be back, and even if they are back, they might not be 100%, I'll go Bengals at home. But that's that's the only reason why I'm doing it. Uh, I'm going to go Bengals because I feel good about the Bengals again. Um, watching this game, watching Joe Burrow not have a great game, but taking what the defense was giving him there in uh, in Vegas, I thought that was a yeah. – he had a good game as a game manager. He, he was not the explosive Joe Burrow type, but that's what he needed to do to get the ship righted. And I think he's going to be able to attack Pittsburgh in a way that he wasn't able to attack Vegas until the second half. So I'm I'm going to pick the Bengals too. Um, I I'm not putting all my eggs in the basket of T.J. Watt being healthy. Um, right. I'm not. I'm by no means tombstoning this Pittsburgh team. Uh, they're still well within it. They still got a, a lot of options um, offensively and defensively. And that division is wide open, but yeah, I'm going to pick the Bengals to maybe put a little distance between them and the Steelers. Think about it in a couple more weeks when we're trying to figure out the AFC playoff picture and you're looking at the AFC North and the Steelers have that stupid tie in there <laughs> is going to be, it's going to be a headache every time. Well, I'll, like, okay, I'll well, tell I you, I guess if they win right now, yeah. it's, it's already stupid because the Browns have six wins and the Steelers have five wins and the Steelers are third <laughs> yeah. and the Browns are yeah, fourth. Yeah. <laughs> the Colts are uh, six and five, and they're like the tenth seed or some shit in the AFC. It doesn't it's make insane. sense. They beat the Bills like handily. We'll get there. Um, all right, but uh, it's not all uh, fun and games, Dan. Uh, let's talk about what happened in Kansas City. Ugh. The Chiefs nineteen, the Cowboys nine. Um, if you would have told me defensive struggle, I would have called you a liar. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Both quarterbacks throwing picks, and it was uh, three to sixteen Chiefs at the half, and that was then both teams getting a field goal in the second half. Right, that was it. Yeah, we. So here's the thing: we did not have a great defensive game plan for the first quarter, but I will say we buttoned that shit up real tight. And at that point, it was just the offense failing us for the remainder of the game. Uh, the offense was putting the defense in bad positions. The defense was bailing them out. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting one of those pre-Thanksgiving colds. Um, yeah. I, I will say this. Micah Parsons is the defensive rookie of the year, and it's not close. Yeah. He the looked dude awesome, been, yeah. He, he's been fucking crazy. He's been insanely good. Um, Dak did not look sharp. It was the same problems we started seeing during the Denver game where 
I don't know what it is about us playing AFC West teams, but we we started pressing. There was a big deep throw to Michael Gallup that he just missed, and and that's mm-hmm. what it was today. It was just Dak kind of missing, and Zeke kind of got hurt early and wasn't a hundred percent effective. We reshuffled the offensive line, and that didn't work because Chris Jones was murdering us inside and outside. Like we had Connor McGovern take over for Connor Williams, and he was getting beat like a drum. Uh, you know, there's there's literally a, a play where Connor McGovern gets called for a hold and Chris Jones still chases Dak Prescott out of bounds for a sack. Uh, so <laughs> even with a hold, it still wasn't doing any good. Our offensive line was absolutely manhandled. Now, this is not our full complement offensive line. This is not the one we wanted. Tyron Smith wasn't in. Um, it's not the one we wanted. No, it's, I mean, we have Lael Collins yeah, on the right side, saying, but it, yeah. this is not what we wanted. We're, we have two guys in position of weakness you know Terrence Steele is should not be a starting left tackle and he was um Mm. Dak Prescott has got to get has got to find a way to get back into rhythm when he starts a game off rhythm and uh just wasn't able to do it through this entire game like and and maybe that's more for offensive coordination you've got to find a way to get the guy some wins um but it, it feels a little like they just went, all right, Dak will figure this out, Dak will figure it out, and that's not an offensive strategy. When you know your quarterback's struggling, give him short plays, give him screen passes, give him things that, that move the defense laterally if they're busting him up the gut. You know, you've got to use the defense against itself. It's always judo. You know, the Cowboys this year have been so good because they haven't done judo, they've pushed the issue against the defense. But in games like this where the defense is putting you on your heels right away, use their momentum again them against him get some screen passes going now without Amari Cooper that's harder to do with Amari Cooper being out with COVID and this Chiefs team that plays a ton of man Cooper is our man killer you know how late of a scratch was he was Cooper when did Cooper go out two days okay so, and then CD was out in the third quarter or something? CD was out in the third quarter. Well, he was out right going into the second half because Dak threw a really bad... Like, we were marching. We were marching, and we were going to make this a game, and then Dak threw an interception right before the half because he was throwing in a crazy wind in Kansas City and just didn't have a handle on it, and it seemed to fuck with him all game. Um, but he threw a bad interception that could have been a, a game-changing possession. You know, it... I had a hard right time. Yeah, I found myself fooled a little bit because it was like, uh, without Cooper in there, I can see, and and then when CD goes, I can see it being like a timing thing. Gallup is back, but Gallup was gone for a while. But also, I saw you know Chiefs cornerbacks in this man coverage blanketing these guys. Like yeah. they weren't really that open when the ball was there. It was like fifty fifty balls that they had to go up for. So maybe that is because you had it being a. Uh, What's it? Who's your third and fourth string guys there? Um, I mean, we had one. Wilson. Cedric Wilson was dropping balls. Cedric Wilson. Noah Brown was dropping balls. I mean, I will give Dak that. There were a lot of drops by the wide receiver core. But when you know that, you know, like there was a big, like I think like a 30-yard throw that uh, that Wilson just fucking dropped, and that was kind of gut-wrenching. But that's what happens. When the team gets tight, it gets tight. Um, but I, I do go back to that second quarter issue when it was looking like, I think it was 19-6 to six already, or 16-6 to six already, and um, it was looking bad. Um, and then we're like, oh, fuck, the Chiefs have it, and there was still like several minutes left on the clock, and 
then Micah Parsons gets that strip sack. It's in the it's in the Chiefs forty two, and we can't score going into the half because of an interception. At that point, it felt like the game was over and we weren't going to get it back. Yeah, yeah, and it's all uphill when your offense gets the ball. I've been in those, uh, and that's what it felt like in this one for the for the Cowboys. Um, just field goals each for for each team in the second half, though. Though the Chiefs missed a fifty one yarder. And then instead of kicking another one, switched it for a pooch punt, which worked out amazingly. Yeah, that was really good. At like the two. Um, So uh, Amari Cooper on the COVID unvaxxed, does that mean he's completely out for Thursday? He is out for Thanksgiving. But CD Lamb was a concussion, right? So yeah. it's just a matter of protocol clearance, or I, I got a bad feeling that he's going to miss it too, because most of the time you don't get cleared in concussion protocol within a week, um, especially that not quickly. like a short week, like a four day week. Right. So yeah, you looking playing down here for Thursday, three thirty kickoff, uh, Chicago Standard Time, Raiders at Cowboys is is the game we're getting. Um. What yeah? So with with those holes there, how, how worried are you? I mean, the Raiders team has a, has holes of their own that aren't ever getting refilled. So what do we think? Oh, I'm I'm very worried. Um, you know this this has not been a good stretch run for the Dallas Cowboys. You know we when you think about it, I talked a little bit about the Rams going. Hey, this is going to be a bad month for you if you if you lose three in a month. Um, this would be three in about a month for us. We'd be coming off a butt whooping that we received from the Broncos. Then we hand an ass kicking to the the Falcons, and then we come in here and, and pretty much get our fucking teeth kicked in by these Chiefs. You cannot let the Raiders come into your house and come away with one. It doesn't matter how banged up you are. You've got to win this fucking game. So I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I don't feel great about it, um, especially with how weak we are at the wide receiver position. But I, we got to have it. We just got to have it. Yeah, um, I like the matchup. I, the Raiders are, uh, if even if they were fully healthy, they're all in their heads and everything else is just going wrong for them. So uh, Cowboys having rocky times themselves, but also being at home and having a little bit less rocky times than the Raiders, that's going to benefit you there. I think, they, I think they snap out of this one. And like we said at the top of the show, Cowboys lost this week, but so did a lot of teams at the mm-hmm. top. So they didn't drop a whole lot when it came down to, to you know, especially not the division. You just got to worry about those Eagles that are finally figuring out how to how to fly Eagles fly Weird here. Enough, man. But yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, we get uh, Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Maybe, maybe a little throwback uniform. Game, throw throw Scott a bone here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love our old ninety uh, nineteen ninety four classics. That's that'd be my fucking thing. It'd be nice, but just uh, don't see it. Chiefs are going on a bye. They're on a bye week twelve. Uh, was it uh, Cowboys off game? The Chiefs are they? Do they look as back as as everybody's talking about them? Uh, they do. I mean, their defense looked about as good as you can expect it to look. Um, this is the way they want it to perform. Uh, if anything, they're going to get Tyron Matthew back, and it's just going to make them better. Um, so I, yeah, this Chiefs team looks back. If you've got Travis Kelsey. Back being Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill stretching the field, Miko Hardman, um, Byron Pringle being game-spreading or field-spreading wide receivers. I get really worried. I get worried that this Chiefs team is back. Andy Reid um, had kind of an off year, but fuck, man, he's he's ready to go. I, I can't see the Chiefs losing this division now. 
Uh, Insight. What a weird place yeah. <laughs> to have been from like six weeks ago when we're looking at the Chiefs going, what the fuck is wrong? Now we're looking at everybody else going, how the fuck are you going to stop these Chiefs? Yeah, wake up everybody. We're going to be Patriots Chiefs once again here in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> uh, history repeats itself. All right, um, I'm going to keep this going. We still got a couple more games I want to talk about in the first half because uh, there was a couple of good ones. Let's talk about the upset, the Texans winning in Tennessee. <laughs> what? <laughs> 22 to 13. Um, you know, downpour of rain in the second half. Uh, it, it was obvious there, but... Uh, Terod Taylor's got this Texans team not looking like total poo-poo. Uh, good kicking from Fairbairn, and uh, King had two interceptions. Tannehill threw four. Wasn't a good game for Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you never want Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball 52 times. You do not want Jeez. that. Uh, that is a recipe for disaster. This was a great example. I mean, we joked about this going like, should I pick the Texans? <laughs> Like, what a fucking, right. what a weird thing to do would be to pick the Texans. But the Texans were absolutely ready for this, and the Titans were not, and they walked into the teeth of the Houston Texans defense, which <laughs> actually doesn't look fucking bad. Uh, the Texans defense no. doesn't look pathetic. Their offense looks terrible, but the defense looks pretty <laughs> good. And, and, you know, if they're scoring points and they're making trouble for uh, for the Tennessee Titans, then, yeah, this is this is a pretty good one, man. I mean... I, I liked this game from Houston. This is about as good as they're ever going to play uh, for the rest of the year, but that was enough. That was enough to, to get the Tennessee Titans uh, under their boot, man. I I don't think this is repeatable. I don't think it's repeatable by Tennessee right. either. I think, you know, we talked about when you get your ass whooped, you go, oh, wow, yeah, trap games are a real thing. You've got to come ready to play, and Tennessee was not. They're also very badly injured, but that hasn't stopped them beating the class of the AFC. They just lose to shitty teams. Right, nineteen to nothing at one point in the middle of the third in this game, and they just still weren't waking up the Titans. They were trying to go for it on fourth at times. They were, you know, uh, missing kicks themselves. But uh, yeah, Bullock didn't have a good game. But yeah, they when you string together the wins that you strung together against all the, t- you know, the top talent of this league. And then you'll lose at home to a Texans team. Yeah. There's the division, first of all. That is always <laughs> up in the air with these yeah, games. True. But second, uh, trap game probably. <laughs> Maybe a little tired, a little yeah, you know, you got the they got the Patriots coming up next. That's a big one. So there's a lot of weird stuff that could happen here for the Titans. But yeah, that's nuts because the other losses to the Jets. And then what was their other one? Uh, the Cardinals. Maybe. So the Cardinals are the one okay. good team they lost to. The other two losses are to the shittiest teams in the NFL. Doesn't make sense. Does not make sense. Um, but yet, yeah, uh, Tannehill, awful game, four interceptions. And the Titans, yeah, the, obviously Derrick Henry, they miss him a lot. Uh, A.J. Brown left early with an injury and didn't return. So talent was missing from the Titans that they need to get back. Um, badly, but they're fine. They're still fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in the long scheme of things, as as good as Indianapolis has been, they still have a three game lead on Indianapolis. Right, and then uh, here's a game we don't have to take a lot of time for, but it was a good one. Dolphins beat the Jets twenty four seventeen. Um, Tua as the Dolphins on a little win streak here. In fact, Dolphins have won three straight, I believe. Yeah. Going crazy here. Go crazy, Miami. 
Uh, so they are the new one on the list of Scott Hogan bashed us on the Push Up podcast. So fuck him. We're going to show him up. You know, I said it was uh, head coach there for the Niners just a couple weeks ago. And, and then I was like, Miami Dolphins, they're the biggest disappointment in this league. Well, here we go. Three game win streak for the Dolphins. Um, the Jets did have to play Joe Flacco, uh, given them the injuries at quarterback. But um, it was a seven all at the half. And then. Tua hits Hollins for 64 yards, and they didn't look back from there. Well, no, then it was 14 at all, and then the Dolphins uh, took a 24 to 14 lead late. This, this sort of game, in hindsight, we shouldn't have picked the Jets, <laughs> but you can't feel <laughs> real good about the Miami Dolphins either. I know that this is great for Tua. Um, I think this will make it harder for the Miami Dolphins to move on from him. <laughs> um, to see this good stretch of games. And I, and I actually think that's the best thing for the Dolphins franchise is to say, all right, do you want to go back to the drawing board completely in a bad rookie quarterback year, or do you want to stick with Tua and maybe take those take those draft picks and do something with him on the offensive line where you desperately need help and on the defensive line where you need some edge pressure that you're just not getting? Um the Jets are in free fall, but they know that, and they are ready to go for next year where they've got a lot of picks, especially in the top uh, top ten. They've got two picks in the top ten right now. Yeah. No, the Jets, yeah. Uh, it's a future thing for, for both these teams, obviously. But uh, Divisional's uh, matchup lines them up twice a year, so we get we, we watch it. And uh, this one was back and forth. Um there was a point, too, where the Jets yeah, had a stop here in third and four, and then that roughing the passer call uh, brings it to 21-14. You just needed to shove them one extra thing there and didn't need yeah. to do that. But that that was a big turnaround of events there. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the Dolphins took care of business. Um, the Jets are – here's the funny thing about the Jets. Now, they are back at home. They're playing the Texans this week. Texans, Jets, that's another – you know, when we get good ones, you get other ones, too. But um, – Mike White and Joe Flacco uh, are out due to COVID contact, but don't worry. Just so happens Zach Wilson is healthy and ready to play. Now that was the plan all along. Don't just it was. Don't question it. Zach Wilson's back, and uh, guess who's been promoted from the practice squad? Oh, tell me, Josh Johnson. <laughs> He's back. Oh yeah, right, right, Josh Johnson. Yeah. You can bring him up, what, one more time after this probably? Yeah. So, so uh, Texans and Jets with Zach Wilson back. Dan, who do you like? Oh, we have to do this? <laughs> Not really, but hey, let's go to the motions. I don't think this game We're really close in picks, so I think we have the two Texans-Jets. Oh, God. Yuck. I, I'm going to go with the Texans. Um, I know Zach Wilson's back, but he's going to be rusty. Um, and when a rookie is rusty, that's really bad. Um, yeah, Terod gets the offense to not make mistakes and the defense looks pretty good. I I think Wilson's going to struggle with the Texans defense that we saw absolutely confound Ryan Tannehill. So, I'm going to pick a Texans win here. I'm going to pick the Jets solidifying their spot in the number 2 overall pick and uh mm-hmm. hopefully they can get some help for the boy. Although actually, right. he's got yep. some decent offensive weapons now. Um you know, their offensive line needs some help, but they've been addressing that in the draft. Michael Carter looks like he's probably pretty solid. They didn't run him a lot in this game, but Elijah Moore well, is an absolute hurt. star. You need another wide receiver or a tight end. Michael Carter got hurt, so he will be out for a few weeks, unfortunately. So you're right, it's future stuff more for Jets. But yeah, Elijah Moore with that huge touchdown, I agree with you there. He looks like a talent. 
Um, but yeah, no, we you're listening to guys that got burned by the Jets this week, so we're gonna take the Texans. Yeah. Uh, Texans look good. We like to, to ride. Um, that you like, you said that defense uh, showed up for Houston. So string together a winning streak, Houston <laughs> Texans. On that note, let's take a break. Cause uh, did I say string together a win streak, Houston Texans? I must need to lie down yeah. for a second. <laughs> we have to so go sniff some take... ammonia. <laughs> and when we return, the two minute no offense and all the rest of the games. Let's get ready for Thanksgiving. This is the. everybody uh we've returned from the break uh which means the the belt's getting unloosened and we're extending that waist because uh it's time for the pie yes it's time for two minute no offense because no offense but if you find yourself in this section of the program you know what i'm gonna let you go easy because really we're all in this together aren't we you know we're just one great big america Unless you're the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, who suck. Uh, we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start that clock. And gobble, go. All right, we're going to start way back on Thursday when the Patriots blanked the Falcons 25 to nothing. Scott, what's 28 minus 3? Oh, no, it's 25. That's right. New England they did it again. Continuously trolling the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, <laughs> shutting them out. The Falcons are in free fall. After the embarrassment that the Cowboys put them through to come out and lay an absolute fucking burger against this Titans or this uh, Patriots team, they're done. They're the tombstone Atlanta. How about three Falcon QBs throwing fourth quarter interceptions in just 10 game minutes? Yeah. Three different. QBs. Matt Ryan, Josh Rosen, and Felipe Franks from Florida, Felipe Arkansas. Felipe Franks got out there to throw one. Oh, God, that was awful. And and then the next one, the San Francisco 49ers dominating the Jaguars in Jacksonville 30-10. to 10. That's what's supposed to happen. Um, this was the San Francisco we've been seeing the past couple weeks, and this is the Jacksonville Jaguars we've been seeing the past couple years. So everything makes sense in the world. <laughs> Thank you, San Fran. Uh, Garoppolo two touchdowns, Robbie Gold three field goals, and they were up twenty to three at the half, and it was hard for me to pay attention to that one. And then finally Monday night when the Buccaneers beat up on the Giants at home, thirty to ten. So bad that they just decided to fire Jason Garrett. It seemed like at halftime they decided to fire Jason Garrett, but this this Oof. one was close early, and then stopped being competitive almost immediately. Right. If they yeah if they took it away from Jason Garrett to coach the offense at halftime. That doesn't bode well because it was 10-17 at the half and then a 16-0 run for the Buccaneers in the second half. Um, so if it was Freddie Kitchens in the second half, oh boy. 
Um, all right. Well, that's the two minute no offense. Do we have any more time? Nope. We are. Well, we're actually, we had another like five seconds. Uh, uh, Saquon oh, Barkley. There we go. We don't have to talk about. All right. No, I mean Tom Brady threw another over three hundred yards, two touchdowns. He's still in that talk. Um, let's talk about some games for next week. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans are going to New England to play the Patriots. This now becomes a huge one for the AFC. I. I feel like the Patriots right now are too complete. Um, it's going to be very weird because Tennessee is a killer of really good teams. But I'm going to pick the Patriots. I just I like young Mac Jones. I like this Patriots defense. And, uh, yeah, Tennessee's still missing so many people. So, I, shit, I'm going to take the Patriots. I think the hoodies goes in there and is like, yeah, you guys have no idea how to move the ball on offense yet. I, I, I know what you could do, and I'm going to take it away. So uh, it, it's still a, an awesome battle of the minds when these two uh, meet together. You know, it's Vrabel and Belichick, and, and they like to outthink each other in these. And, and those are always fun to watch in the uh, in like when they match up in the playoffs and stuff. Dan, you brought up how the uh, head coaches, who the coaches who have left New England, not usually doing too well. But Vrabel, the player, actually pretty good. And that's what I'll tell you is Vrabel, even though he was a former Patriots player, was not a former Patriots coach. He is from the Andy Reid coaching tree, which is very, very good. And then the Atlanta Falcons going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oof. Another one, yes, we have to. <laughs> I, You know what? I'm going to give it to the Jaguars. I, I watched this... Atlanta team that I felt really good about beating the shit out of get their shit absolutely destroyed by the Patriots and yeah Matt Ryan's trying his best but that that team is hollow um so yeah I'm I'm gonna go Jaguars strangely enough yeah that one was in Atlanta too and this is on the road I I'm still gonna go Falcons I think it could be the Jaguars but I ain't picking them um the Falcons will figure out some way to you know put up uh 17 points that'll be enough so i'll take atlanta in a weird one um and then a big a uh, big one for maybe wild card spot here in the nfc the vikings going to san francisco play the niners i'm gonna let you pick this one first okay okay i appreciate that uh i'm feeling good about my vikings like i said who knows if i will keep going so i'm gonna pick them here on the road they could beat the Vi- the Niners. I think they are a better team than them this year. Like I said, I was big on the Niners early, and then they they fell off. Now I think both these teams are playing very good right now, and they're they're kind of getting hot at this moment. But Niners beat this, you know, as a Jaguars team, and I'm not totally impressed with that. So Niners at home here, but I like the Vikings. I'm gonna take my Vikings on the road. I'm going to, unfortunately, sir, take the 49ers at home. Uh, Debo mm. Samuel has been an absolute fucking nightmare, and Jimmy Garoppolo has been efficient, which, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is like a step down from Kirk Cousins, which is not a compliment. But uh, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo has been good enough over these past couple weeks letting the Niners defense do the heavy lifting and letting Debo Samuel do the other heavy lifting. So Jimmy is really just steering that rudder uh, very carefully. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see your Vikings, who have been very exciting, very offensively explosive, um, but I think Kirk is going to have a lot of pressure in his face that he didn't have the past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think if they need 
Yeah, I think they need this one in order to uh, to make it to the playoffs. I think if you don't get this one, it's going to be a very uphill battle, and you're asking for assistance and help, all that stuff along the way. Yeah. So I will be, uh, yeah, living and dying with every play on this one on Sunday, probably, just so feels it's heading that way. So why not put my, all my eggs in the basket? Let's go, Vikings. Let's go get this win. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about... The Washington football team's win on the road in Carolina. The uh, This is the uh, Riverboat Ron Revenge Tour revival, all that good stuff. And Cam Newton, the uh, uh, ret- return game to Carolina. They give him the start. He goes out there, he, two touchdowns and runs one in, but the Panthers come up short, so... Dang it! Do we like Cam or not, Carolina? What's what's the story? Uh, we like him. I think they. <laughs> this is just like you ever break up with somebody, and uh, you know. Ah, oh, here we go. Then you, you know, you you kind of moved on, and then uh, you know you go to a mutual party, and they're kind of looking good, and you're like feeling down about yourself. Uh, or maybe they're feeling down about themselves, and you're feeling down about yourself, and you're like, hey, you want to just go like uh, uh, fuck around? And then you do, and then you kind of both, like, if it was not a long-term relationship and you didn't leave it with a lot of toxicity, you kind of both feel good about it. You you put a little nail in that coffin and you move the fuck on. And I feel like that's what's happening for Carolina. The Cam Newton thing ended what seemed like pretty abruptly, and this is just kind of his farewell tour. His his one last breakup bang, if you'll, if you'll allow me the parlance. So Cam's getting the last dance. Is that what we're saying? Or? Yeah, I feel like he's getting he's getting one last pop into the old breadbasket, as it were. <laughs> um, getting ten million dollars. McCaff- I'd say that's a pop in the breadbasket. There you go. No, McCaffrey's back too. Yeah, it did look like Panthers of old. Cam running around there. He had this uh, touchdown and then his to celebration to race out to midfield to uh, scream on the logo. Oh, okay. Let, let's let's speed this up here. Um, but it's, you know, celebration. We're all for celebrations on this show, but, uh, Taylor Heineke had a great game, three touchdowns. He's racing around there, um, making plays when he had to make plays. He's that type of guy, you know, he's, he's going to try his butt off. He's, he's going to go out there and do everything that he can, even if the talent isn't there with a lot of the elite guys, but once in a while it pulls through and, and he makes you cheer for him quite a bit when he does that stuff too. So, Washington has a nice couple of wins here in a row. They, they uh, are feeling good about themselves. Uh, put it out of reach with some field goals late in this one. So, uh, yeah, Washington held on and, and wins a big one. And the Panthers are in even more trouble uh, as we're looking at the uh, playoff positioning here. And, uh, you know, it's this feels like a tombstone for Carolina, strangely enough. I, I know... I know that they've been they look good last week, but you can't lose to the fucking Redskins in conference. Even with the Saints losing, I just don't feel like they're a real threat in the NFC. I'm I'm not going to be able to back these Panthers going forward. It doesn't mean they're going to lose all the rest of their games, but I can't see them making the playoffs. Doesn't see them making it in. Now they are at home against the Dolphins this week, though. So you got a team that's won a couple against a team that's lost a couple, but two teams that are probably around the same area. Not great yeah so but i'm gonna take dolphins, the dolphins. Panthers. i'm gonna take the dolphins ah, okay I, I, I think the dolphins defense has really been answering the bell the past couple weeks obviously this isn't the new york jets um but i'm gonna take the dolphins um i don't feel good about it but uh, there's a lot of junk games this week that i don't feel great about 
This is where I'm really surprised we could just keep picking different because I'm going to go Panthers. Uh, I feel like uh, McCaffrey, they got to get back to just getting him the ball and making him entirely their offense. And uh, I like them at home for this one. Um, to lose another one against a team that's near the bottom. Like The one thing the Panthers were doing early on was beating the teams they should beat. And I think the Dolphins are one of those. Now, I thought Washington was one of those too. So that was a big loss for them last week. So I'm going to say they don't do that two weeks in a row. I'll take the Panthers here. Um, speaking of uh, tombstones, though, Dan, you promised us one for this week if it happened here. And it did. Cardinals 23, Seahawks 13. I don't hate the Seahawks, but never always a big fan. So... Maybe I'm smirking a little bit, but surprise, surprise, I didn't. Here's the something, too, and you got to come clear with because of our picks. Um, as we headed into this week, uh, we only picked different two of them on the show last week, and that was you going the push-off route of uh, picking the Vikings and the Cowboys, and then and then the football gods smiting you for it and, and not giving you the one way that you'd want it to go. You get the clean sweep. And, but... You did uh, get another one on me because of this one. Because I said on the show, if no Kyler Murray, I wasn't going to pick another Colt McCoy win. So when I heard Colt McCoy was getting the start, I said, I told you, well, then I got to go Seahawks. That's what I said. And I feel better about it. Seahawks were at home. Yeah. They lost by 10. Colt McCoy throws two touchdowns and over 300 yards. So add him to the list of <laughs> that uh, fuck you Scott Ogan list Colt McCoy Miami Dolphins well you forgot that you're a Vikings fan and he's a backup which means he's gonna fuck you uh, that's, <laughs> that's true too that's that the way that goes but yeah I mean I, I feel good about this Cardinals team just kind of holding the line what I'm getting more and more worried about is Kyler Murray's ankles um, mm. Kyler Murray's ankles if everybody remembers this was an injury he had going back to college um, he's had bad ankles pretty much for the entirety of his professional career um but they're just starting to flare up so i get really worried that kyler murray this might be a thing that hampers him for the next three or four years uh let alone the rest of the season so uh, i don't know steve kime you got another uh got another first round pick for a quarterback in you uh because it, yes. it might have to happen if kyler murray can't get it together um yeah this one was a Probably Cardinals defense. Four sacks in this one. Uh, they should have had more points, though, because Matt Prater missed two under 40-yard field goals. Yeah. He hits a 53-yarder, and he misses from 39 to 36. So it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, oh, he also missed an extra point. So, yeah, really bad day for Prater for missing a, or for making a 53. Also, the Cardinals took no time making Zach Ertz part of their offense. Mm-hmm. Two touchdowns in this one. He's... Like, yeah, the the, the uh, Eagles are like, oh, that's right. Yeah, he's actually pretty good. Um, they extended Dallas Goddard, too, there. which we didn't talk about. Yeah, that's true. Dallas Goddard got good money. And then he played a great game, yeah. too, for the Eagles. So good for him there. And we're going to get to the Eagles game here in a moment. But uh, this one was a big one for the Cardinals. Connor coming up big again for him on the ground. And the Seahawks really, their offense. Russell Wilson, look, he's promised us that that finger is healthy, so this no, is just not. him <laughs> super flat. You're, you're saying it's the finger. It's not. I mean, the finger's not helping. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where if I – we've done stage plays, right? We've, mm-hmm. We're performers. Uh, we're performers. So think about this. Imagine if you had a pimple right in the middle of your forehead. Could you still go out and act? 
Of course you could. Yeah. Of course you could. Would you be thinking about it? Yeah. Would it affect the performance? I mean, probably on the tip of my mind. Yeah, yeah but it would affect <laughs> the performance. Something that's a little off can affect your performance. We talk about it so much. You got to be in rhythm. You got to be in time. You got to be feeling good. Russell Wilson cannot be feeling good with that finger. Rushing a finger surgery recovery the way he did, it might be fine, but it's not what it was. They're back at that way, too, of him running around and just trying to chuck it deep. And yeah. he hit Lockett a few times on that, but it's it's not sustainable, no. as we saw. So, yeah, Cardinals took care of this one. Um, I mean, it was 13-6 Cardinals at the half and 16-13 uh, you know, later on in it. So the Seahawks didn't get destroyed no. here, but, again, it was a lot of backups for the Cardinals. Cardinals have the best record in the league once again, nine wins. But I don't know. Are they? Do they? Do you feel like they're the best team in this league, Dan? Because I have that feeling of like this team still doesn't know playoff atmosphere, and there is something to the the tested and true and the ones who have been there before playing that. So it's not an easy thing to kick on once uh, once the postseason starts. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I also think there's something to if your team is winning and you feel good about it, but then you don't really know whether it's your team or the other teams just not having, you know, good skills. Because you got to remember, Hopkins didn't play either. Right. You know, so you're without Murray, you're without Hopkins, you're without your best, you're without your starting quarterback and your best wide receiver. And you're still winning these games, but you look at it and you go, all right, is this the team we're going to go into the playoffs with? I don't think there's a lot of confidence. I think this is probably one of the least confident nine and two teams you can run into. The defense is playing well, but the offense is just doing everything they can. They're, they're throwing the kitchen sink at these dudes. Well, they got an opportunity to get healthy. They're going the bye week, week 12, Need Arizona it. Cardinals. So, yeah, they needed, they needed more than a lot of teams right now. The Seahawks are going to the nation's capital for Monday night football. Seahawks versus the Washington football team. Yes, we're actually getting FedEx Field in prime time. Ugh. Funny enough. Yuck, we got to <laughs> yeah. do this? Um, Can we flex these yet? <laughs> I I hate the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. But they've been playing good the past couple weeks. That being said, it's Russell Wilson in prime time. Whatever's been bothering him, he'll get into rhythm. I feel like the Seahawks will win this one. I think they're still dead in the water. They're definitely not making the playoffs, but neither are the Washington football team. So I'm going to give this one to the Seahawks, and if I lose and the Washington football team winds up winning, fuck it, I hate them anyway. This just keeps getting wilder because uh, we haven't been picking different too much, but I I have Washington in this one because the Seahawks have looked like so bad on offense. Washington at least has been able to move the ball a little bit. Um, Gibson's running it a whole lot better than anybody Seattle puts back there. Chris Carson's done for the year. Yeah. So it's been a lot of Rashad Penny, you know, first-round draft Oof, pick. What a bust. I don't trust it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, Seahawks, uh, you're going to have to show me a lot here for me to pick you anymore this season. Uh, I mean, unless you got a game against the Jets coming up. <laughs> uh, so I'll take, uh, I'll take the football team, okay. uh, weirdly enough, on primetime. We'll see. We'll see. Because you're right. That doesn't feel great either, but that's a weird game. Um, We've got only a couple more left. Let's talk about the Colts' big win in Buffalo, 41-15. 
this is all Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is is on his way. Could be talked as MVP maybe this year if they can take it away from a quarterback. He had over 200 yards and five touchdowns in this one. They, Carson Wentz, you know, like you said, he he's he's out there, but is he? Because you could have fooled me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was not a great Carson Wentz game. This was basically handed to Jonathan. Carson Wentz had less than 110 yards passing. Nuts. Less than 110. And they had 41 points. You don't think Sam Ellinger could do this? Just sit him. Just sit Carson right. Wentz. Just sit him. Just keep that first-round pick. <laughs> Put Sam Ellinger in there. He'll hand that ball off to Jonathan Taylor. That's all that matters. And this Colts defense, I've talked about my love for Matt Eberflus for a long, long time. Matt Eberflus put together one hell of a game defensively for this Colts team. And uh, Josh Allen, I know he's Josh Allen, but he didn't look good against this fucking team. We th- I brought it up a few weeks ago on a different Bills loss where it's this, why does he keep, he's just run, run, run with the ball. He thinks his legs, athleticism, and arm are going to get him out of everything. And Diggs is good at finding a little open spot for him once in a while, and there's other players that he can kind of count on to do that. Sometimes Beasley can be a little shifty in that. But, again, that's like the Seattle thing and expecting that to work. So another thing the Buffalo Bills don't like to do is run the ball. So if you can't run the ball and you're going to run around in the backfield like that, you know, good luck ever getting the defense to think you're going to do anything else. So they're just going to race at Josh Allen you keep them contained, of course. You don't want them to buy that time. But once you do that, yeah, good luck, Buffalo. So there's a lot of offensive issues now on Buffalo's side of the ball. Yeah, if you can't run the ball, you hurt your defense. You hurt your own defense because, once mm-hmm. again, all of your stuff is going to be quick strikes. You know, if you're if you're moving the ball down the field, you're moving the ball down the field, and even though there's time coming off the clock, you're moving quickly. Um and it doesn't give your defense enough time to rest. And Jonathan Taylor running the way he was, that Buffalo defense needed time to rest badly, and they just weren't getting it from Josh Allen on the other side of the ball. I mean, this was all Colts early and the whole game. So, yeah, there there wasn't much of a fight put up by these Buffalo Bills. Last few weeks, Colts have made it clear that they're probably the best rush team in the league right yeah. now. Uh, this was a cold, wet game in Buffalo, and and the one thing you want to do is run the ball yeah. and bills refused refused so that's what happens you lose and it wasn't i mean it was 38 to 7 till Diggs got a second touchdown in the early fourth quarter so yeah it was over quickly um but the colts are going at home for the buccaneers so it's not going to get any easier for them this was a big win over buffalo but tampa bay uh loves to to push it down the field too so the talk is that Vita Vea is supposed to be back. He was not playing in that game yep. for uh, Tampa on Monday night, and that's big if he isn't in the middle for the Jonathan Taylor show. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you picking, though, Dan? I am going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I I feel like the Colts have been on a great run. They really have. Um, ever since that heartbreaking loss to Buffalo or to uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I've been like, hey, you know, you're not – you're not a bad team, um, but Tampa Bay is getting it back together. You know, recovering from the bye, coming out having a great game against the Giants. I feel like Tampa Bay is going to win this one if Vita Vea plays. I feel like they're going to win this one. If not, Jonathan Taylor might be able to run it down anybody else's throat. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, cults are very one-dimensional right now. Now it's a very good dimension, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's what it is. So <laughs> the, the Vikings Buccaneers... during the Adrian Peterson years made a pretty good penny off this type of offense, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's there's those games sometimes. So we'll see. The Buccaneers need to know what they're up against and go in there and try to shut that down and see if uh, Carson Wentz can beat them. So I'm gonna fire cannons as well, um, especially because it seems like Vita Vey is coming back. Fire the cannons! Um, there it is. Let's talk about the Eagles. Big win over the Saints. 29-40 to 40 was this one. Um, again, that one really wasn't as close either because it was 33-19 to 19 later in this game. But uh, um, Hurts, three rushing touchdowns all, all on the ground for Jalen Hurts in this one. Eagles jumped up to the 14-0 lead and then um, were up 27-7 by the half. One thing scares me about this Eagles team very badly, and that is that the offensive line looks like they're healthy again. And mm-hmm. this offensive line was absolutely wrecking this Saints defense. They were pushing them all the fuck over the field. And here's the thing. I'm not afraid of Jalen Hurts' arm. I'm not <laughs> at all. You know, what Jalen Hurts threw for less than 150 yards. But yep. they ran the ball and when the Eagles get a lead, they've got a bunch of dudes that can run and will run on you all game long. What do they have, over f- almost 50 carries in this game? Like, it was insane. They were just running down the fucking Saints' throats. Um, and close, it was yeah. surprising that it actually wasn't a harsher score. They they did make this look respectable in the box score, but, yeah, to your point, this game was over in the third quarter. Yeah, the uh, the Saints put some points on in the end there. Uh, Simeon rushed one in. Troutman had a nice catching touchdown, and now he's going to be out for a while. He sprained his MCL. We talked about him. We we, we looked at Adam Troutman coming out of Dayton, mm-hmm. the tight end, uh, and he's finally finding a spot in there. So that I didn't like to hear that, that he got hurt. But uh, Saints are in a weird spot here. Uh, we picked them to win this one. Dan obviously, you know, famously doesn't pick the Eagles, but I thought too that the Saints were a better team and we're going to be able to take care of this one. Now, one big thing the Saints have been missing the last few weeks is Alvin Kamara. I don't know what this injury is. Is he expected back this week or not, Dan? Uh, Well, he was supposed to be back for this week. That's why we picked him. I I texted you as soon as the the word came out that Kamara was out, and I was like, of fucking course the Eagles get to face the Saints without Kamara. Um, it didn't change my pick because I'll never pick the Eagles. But, um, yeah, I think Kamara should be healthy this game. Um, he's going to need to be for these Saints to go anywhere. I know, and that's what I'm saying. This is where I kind of need to know because it's Bills at Saints. This is the night game we're getting on Thanksgiving. Yes, there's still a Thursday night football on Thanksgiving, which I'm going to take this opportunity to bring this up. We have had two, at least now two. I gotta even think of which one was before that of just awful Thursday night games. Yeah. Like even the Patriots uh, have been looking good. They kicked a lot of field goals there against the Falcons, who never showed up. Like to the point where I'm okay with us just wait until the weekend, buddies. Like yeah. there's no reason to to interrupt my week with a Thursday game if this is the kind of game you're gonna put out there. It, it's not a quality program. It's not a quality program. Uh, you know, it was rough. Yeah, you got to see the the a couple weeks ago. You got to see the fucking uh, Baltimore Ravens have their only unfun game of the year was on Thursday night. Right, the yeah. only unfun game. And so, yeah, I I think something's got to change. I mean, even if it was Friday night, like 
just something's got to be different about this. Thursday night is way too close of a turnaround. The Cowboys famously play on Thanksgiving every year. Lions famously play on Thanksgiving every year. And we always talk about what a pain in the balls that turnaround is. Yeah. And yet the NFL figured out a way to put it every week. To spread it to everybody. Yeah. Then they tried to do better with the schedules until COVID hit and then an extra week hit and then it was all out the window. And you can tell now there's no bye weeks given automatically prior to Thursday or trying to make sure you're not on the late afternoon the week before. That stuff's out the window. Plus NFL. We're playing two Thursdays in a row. Yeah, you're playing two Thursdays in a row. Though they've been doing that to you the last few weeks, years too. It seems. Um, the uh, maybe I'm just kind of a little salty too because they put nine games on at noon and three on at the uh, late hour this week as well. That was fun, but that's that's the NFL. You know, we play these games when we want to, where the money's good. Yeah, might, so well, they they proved it during COVID. Fuck, we'll play on a Tuesday. You'll watch it. You'll watch it, and we did. And we enjoyed it. Um, let's talk more about games for next week. We said Bills at Saints. If Alvin Kamara's in, if Alvin Kamara's not in, are we going to put that no, weird no, I, thing on this? I, and you just going to pick it straight up? I think this is the Bills. I think the Saints are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, it's it's still Trevor Simeon there, right? So even though the Saints will be at home and that crowd will be into it, Buffalo will get on track. Yeah, I'll go Buffalo too. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a tough one though. And then Eagles at Giants. We got an NFC East matchup. Dan, you know these teams. Oh, God. Am I going to pick the Eagles? <laughs> the picks are too close. <laughs> the Giants are so fucking bad. So bad. But, but, the Eagles don't have film on the Freddy Kitchens Giants. <laughs> Saquon's back. I'm going to pick the Giants. Because fuck you, oh. Philadelphia. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. Let's the Giants are just stupid. They're just stupid and fun. I have nothing against them particularly. So, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Fuck you, Eagles. That's a pick with your heart. Eagles are going to win that one. Uh, I got the Eagles. I got the Eagles on the road. Fair enough. Um, yep. All right. Let's move on to the next game. It's the Ravens win in Chicago. They beat the Bears 16-13. to this was a surprise. No Lamar Jackson right before the game. Um, Who was ill. But not COVID, right? Ill, not, not COVID. COVID. I, you know what? So I'll say this. I don't know what it is. No, yeah. I would not be surprised if Lamar Jackson has Crohn's. Hmm. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, we had that moment where he had to go to the bathroom yeah. in the middle of a game, take a shit. Um, we're talking about an illness he just can't kick. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it could be something gastrointestinal. I mean, he's always been a really thin dude. Something just not keeping him um, from, yeah, from playing, but it's out yeah. of nowhere. It's not something that they're ready for. Yeah, so it's a weird thing. Like, I was, you know, you, those players that have, like, migraines and stuff like that, that, you know, yeah, so bad or blinding and I can't play. This yeah. isn't that, or else they just come out and say it's migraines. So Crohn's makes sense, but why not come clean? I don't know. It's his. He's a young kid, and he's a little embarrassed. Yeah. Well, he said, hmm, he said he had congestion. <laughs> it's just a weird Strange. reason to, yeah, to miss the game, then, if it was just that he couldn't breathe very well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, this game oh. had a lot of stuff to it, though. Uh, Huntley was the starter 
Uh, he just threw an interception, though. He didn't really do too much, but he set up Tucker for three field goals. And then Fields gets knocked out of this one, rib injury. Uh, so Andy Dalton's back in. And Andy Dalton throws two touchdowns, and the Bears come back from being down yeah. in this one, take the lead. But uh, Huntley and the Ravens with a last minute drive score a touchdown two to two seconds left and hold on and win this one in chicago and don't really rocked chicago with those those two late touchdowns i mean it was it was crazy man that was actually a lot of fun watching that because they the bears fans had given andy so much shit sure. when when he came in, they're like oh fuck andy dalton justin fields oh, we want fields get the fuck out of here you redhead fuck <laughs> The and then to watch him come back on. No, I'm serious. That's all that I was, was hearing. That was a quote from Chicago. Okay. The fuck he was. Yeah, from the city of Chicago. I think that was from the mayor. I think that Lori Lightfoot said that. <laughs> and so, I mean, she's not making friends with anybody, so who knows. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Andy looked good in this game. I mean, he looked like a guy, like what you want from a veteran quarterback coming in when your starter is injured. Just so happens that your starter is a talented rookie who is getting thrown to the wolves behind a patchwork offensive line. Um now, that first pass that he threw to Darnell Mooney, that first touchdown, I'm going to give all the credit to that one to Darnell oh, Mooney, yeah. uh, who absolutely made that screen pass into a 60-yard touchdown. So good for True. him. Yeah, um, yeah. this was a city that's been pent up and wanting some offensive excitement, and finally Dalton gave him a couple there. Uh, and then they, they still can't get the win there at the end. Um, it's been rough for Chicago this year, and and. They need a clean slate here. They need to get this stuff right to get better. Uh, they've got to sit through a, a rough one coming up for Thanksgiving themselves in this city. Um, the uh, the feeling could be that the Bears could be giving the Lions their very first win of the season. We don't know yet uh, what Dan's going to pick, but we'll be there in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about the Lions' loss once again to the Browns. 13 to 10. Uh, we all picked it, but it was a tight one. It was 13 to nothing Browns. That was at halftime. And then and then 10 points for the Lions in the second half. Well, I'll tell you what, man. The Lions don't quit. That's the one thing this year. They've only had one game where they really quit. Yeah. Um, but in everything else, it seems like they're trying. They're just not very good. Um, and I feel bad. I just wind up feeling bad for the fucking Lions. Mm-hmm. Every single time I just wind up feeling bad for them. I, I was really surprised when they decided that it wasn't going to be David Blau, that it was going to be Tim Boyle, yeah, Tim who Bo- I'd never fucking heard of. And then Tim Boyle went and had what I can only describe as a Tim Boyle-type game, <laughs> uh, where he looked like shit and threw two interceptions. I mean, this is what you want. I mean, they there's no veteran backup because they blew all their money on a real shitty Jared Goff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is here for Detroit. Um, I know it's not Goff, but I, I don't think it's not Dan Campbell. Um, Dan Campbell's putting together a team that's young, spunky, not talented. Um, if they can add some talent, I, I think they could really turn this thing around in a couple of years. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, the Lions are in just free fall, and, and they'll be picking, you know, maybe they'll be picking first overall. We'll see. But uh, what was odd in this game is that they had a chance at the end. They had a drive where they could have done something, but I think basically did three and out and gave it right back to the Browns. The Browns, um, Baker Mayfield is playing obviously hurt. 
It's it's back to like when we watched uh, Big Ben like limping between plays yep. from one thing to the other. It's like Baker's going to take up that mantle here now that uh, Big Ben can't be keep doing this. So um, they'll, he'll be the new AFC North quarterback for that route. But just, yeah, keep keeps taking the, the dings and then he'll get out of the pocket and still run for first down. So they're, they're doing what they can to, to gut through this, but the Browns don't look like they're going to take this team too far, at least not the way they've been playing lately. Yeah, I could definitely see the Browns making the playoffs, and I can definitely see the Browns going nowhere with it. Right. You know, Jarvis Landry's not 100%. Baker Mayfield's, unless he gets a month off, isn't going to get healthy. And even with a month off, he's not going to be healthy. I mean, he's got a he's got a broken shoulder. You know, that thing is fucked up. I, I know it's not his... I know it's not on his throwing arm. We talked about it. It's a pimple. You're thinking about it. Every time you get hit, you're like, ah, fuck, uh, just a little bit more. Like, it hurts to get hit by big men. It, gets, it hurts even more when you're also fucked up while you're getting hit. He's it limping sucks. on stuff, too. Yes, it's not even just that arm. There's other stuff yeah, he's got problems good. with. Um, yeah, and he threw two interceptions Nick Chubb looks himself. great, though. But, yeah, well, Nick Chubb's their offense. Nick Chubb, yeah, just keep giving it to him. 144 total yards himself from scrimmage. He finished it off at the end of the game with just three big first down runs. They just, yeah, and the Lions were too tired to stop him. So uh, this leads us to talking about a couple of games we get on primetime. Um, one of them is kicks off in the morning, and one of them kicks off in the evening. Let's first start in the Sunday night. Browns at Ravens. There's an AFC North matchup. Lamar Jackson, let's hope he's healthy and playing. Let's hope uh, Baker Mayfield's standing up and, and good. But who do you like in this one, Browns-Ravens? I, I got to like a le- arrested Lamar. Hopefully he's fully recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him at Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens in this game. I can't trust this Browns team. I mean, if unless Nick Chubb has the game of his fucking life, I, I'm picking Ravens. Yeah, I think it even comes down to uh, you need like Miles Garrett to be on Lamar Jackson all game long because the Ravens score more than 20 points and the Browns are in trouble. The Browns have had some really low-scoring games here this season, and luckily a lot of those have been wins, but they can't keep doing that. And then finally, the first game we get this week is uh, Thanksgiving, uh, kicking off the day. It is Bears and Lions, but hey, it's still football that we get to watch in the middle of the day. That's not bad. (laughs) Is it, though? Yeah, it? It's it's football esque. It's it's faux turkey for the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's the tofurkey of this week. This weekend it is. It's um, Bears Lions. I'm fuck it, man. Let's go Lions. They're gonna throw. The, they're gonna do some exotic shit because they would love to beat the Bears. They would love to walk Matt Nagy out the door. Um, I think them walking Matt Nagy out the door is actually worse for their long term prospects because they might bring up a capable coach in here and <laughs> um, fix the Bears. That'd be the worst thing for the Lions, but. Yeah, I think the Lions, they're not going to be winless. I just feel it in my bones. They're not going to be a winless team. They don't, they haven't quit. They don't look incredibly shitty. You know, it was 13 to 10 Browns. They could have won that fucking game. They could have won a couple games here. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to the Detroit Lions and send Matt Nagy out. The team has quit on Matt Nagy. I mean, uh, we've been saying, uh, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, Lions are going to win one. Lions are going to win one. I mean, Lions got to win one, right? Lions got to win one this year. The, that's true, and I really believe it too. Because, like you're saying, they don't quit on anybody. But I can't pick it. I can't pick it like an all. So I think the Bears get this one. Uh, Dalton's getting the start, okay. right? I guess. That's what I'm hearing. I think Goff is going to be back too. 
all this stuff probably doesn't matter <laughs> in the long scheme of things. <laughs> it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to come down to who kicks more field goals straight. But uh, I'll go opposite you again. I'll go Bears um, because, I, you know, that's what happens when I – I'm going to cheer for the Lions, so you know I will. <laughs> you know I Oh, yeah. Um, all right, speaking of picks, we picked – quite a few differently this week and that's perfect because as of last week you tied me dan and we are at 99 each i don't remember us being this close this late in the season but there's still so many games left so of course we had to be uh but yeah here we are at 99 each with i don't even know how many different this week i we uh, i'll have to re-listen and and go through here uh once we post this but yeah there's a lot we're in a good spot here yeah i think we might have eight different this yeah so let's see yeah if uh it all washes out in the end or if one take one of us takes a big lead we're gonna find out next week you'll have to tune back in to find out everybody so Listen to us here uh, after the your Thanksgiving uh, feast with your family and then your weekend of football. You're getting real spoiled in the football department this week, everybody. <laughs> so congratulations. Oh, but spoil us. Spoil us. Yeah, please. Why not? Um, all right. The, the show's sticking real long, Dan, so why don't we wrap it up with some crazy stats? Yeah. Oh, please. All right. Here's the ones I found. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have not lost to an NFC team now since October of 2018. They are 13 and 0 now. Dang. Yeah, just stringing along against all of our NFC likes. Um, all right, another one. The Saints have not converted a two-point conversion in three years. Now that's nine attempts. With Taysom Hill. Yeah. Taysom Hill, Alvin Weird. Kamara, all those shifty backs. Saints can't get it in from the two-yard line. Dang. Uh, the teams playing on Thanksgiving this week went a combined 0-6 this last weekend with a point differential of negative 72. Happy to be a Cowboys fan, though, <laughs> all things considered. At least you're getting the Raiders. Yeah, there's something here. And then finally, Dan, here's a question for you. There's only one team this year that has been up by at least a touchdown every game. Who are they? Seven points at least every game. Up by seven points. Yep. I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings. You're absolutely right. It's the Minnesota (laughs) Vikings. Those are my crazy stats for this week. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Dan, do you have any parting words of wisdom? I do. Um, after last week's very heavy um, tombstone potential episode, we didn't issue nearly as many tombstones as I thought we would this mm. week. But there are two things that are for sure. Taxes and tombstones. <laughs> so they're coming. <laughs> More will be coming. More teams will be falling out of of the running here shortly. Or maybe the NFL's got one of the, the most entertaining league of all sports, and we take this thing with... Eight guys live for a wild card in, in week 18. Let's fucking find out. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, that's what we have in front of us, everybody. So let's take another step closer and uh, come back here same time next week to discuss it again. Everybody, enjoy your turkey, uh, all of the fixins and the, the, oh, the fixins and the family atmosphere while you watch football this week. So thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, you're part of our f- football family. You're part of our push-off podcast family. Well, I mean that. I am Scott. 
in this den. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy. Goodbye. You're still not getting the white meat, though. You still can't have the white meat. I get first crack of the